Hello, Northern Michigan. Welcome into episode number 92 of the Get Around. I will be your host today. My name is Jake Adnan, joined in the studio by my fellow sports writer, James Cook, and 7 and fours Harrison Beebe. I'm understanding, too, that I am just the Brett Summers fill-in for the time being, and I'm totally okay with that. For the time being, I'm not shaving my head. <laughs> I'm not dressing up. You're not bulking up? I know you can't go I might here. Bulk, I might bulk up. Like, now that he's gone, maybe there's room to, like, take over the gym in this town. Maybe. Well, the why there might be. Yeah, hey, we're starting the roast all over again. Well, it's, it's almost like, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like Letterkenny. Now there's room. There's got to be a toughest person in Traverse City. We got to uh, go to the gym and start working out, fellas. No. The gym in the basement. Yeah, but I know you can't grow a beard, so... Not really. You're, you're not going to, like, shapeshift into a... A new um, Brett But I'm happy audience. to be viewed as as important to this podcast as Brett is to fill in for what I'm assuming yeah, whatever, every Monday. Yeah, what it would be. Uh, um, Unless you guys just want to talk to yourselves. For I, can't, I can't even think of the word that I'm looking for right now. Attempt. Attempt. It, it, it's temp job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We have a new temp I'm in the Ryan office. Howard from The Office. We have a new temp in the office. Harrison Beebe uh, has shed his TV chops and uh, joined us. I didn't tell you guys I applied for the job. I'm hoping you like my bylines from the State Journal from 10 years ago. Hey, man, trust me, we we, we take a look at you. It'd yeah. be a nice hard look, and then the resume would just get thrown away. Well, let's just say there's a reason I didn't go into print. I, I don't think I can construct words in a story <laughs> quite like you guys can. Well, that's why we bring you on the podcast, so you, we can use your voice and just have you talk about things, other than actually, like... I think it's just the irony content. that I probably see more of these teams in person than you guys do, because I'm out there every day. Well... That's why we need Either you. Either way, the perspective helps. James? How's it going? Yeah? I just didn't want to make it about just me and Jake. Yeah. Let's see yeah. if you got a good tweet. Are you looking for that tweet of the week? Still looking. Okay. Still wow. Still looking. There's still, there's still time, still kids, in this taped podcast. There's still time. To submit your... <laughs> yeah, make sure you get your tweets in right now. Uh, you might for be next day, week. I would say daylight and a dollar short, but uh, we'll see if we can get you in here next week. We do have a... A great show for you guys today. We are going to welcome in Traverse City Christian sophomore Emma Mirabelli, uh, one of those, one of the famous Mirabelli yeah, family. It's not like a circus family, but no, they're just really good at athletics. Yeah, they're very athletic, <laughs> but uh, leading, help leading the Sabres to an 11-0 record. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Uh, we want, we're going to do a little bit of an early sports update with some football, soccer, and volleyball talk. Uh, we're going to update you on that, bring you the athlete of the week as James is searching for our current one, but that will that will be brought to you. Uh, by Jimmy Jones. Two locations in Traverse City. Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy Jones, Freak Yeah. That is our sponsor of this lovely podcast. I forgot to mention them off the top, but they're in here now, so. They're going to be here a lot. Yeah. Probably 92 times. Yeah, well, you know what? We, we can get you fed today. Yeah, I haven't been We're going to get you fed today. I'm actually not making 92. this up. I haven't eaten anything today because I went to the dentist, so. Did you get like cavities pulled? No. Cavities clean, pulled. Clean bill of teeth. Yeah. Jimmy John's runs the world. It's Amazon, Jimmy John's, and then everything else. Well, Jimmy John's at least runs our, our world up in northern, or and they, and they the run sports our, in northern They Michigan. run the Athlete of the Week thing, right? Is it month? It's Athlete of the Month oh, here at the Record Eagle. Yeah. yeah, make sure you go online. Vote for the Athlete of the Month on our uh, website, record-eagle.com. Jimmy John's did sponsor that recently. Uh, you can nominate and vote for Athletes of the Month. That you can learn all about them paper. on the podcast. Exactly. The Hall of Fame. Back and forth. Uh, make sure you read us. Make sure you listen to us. And maybe come out and see us while we're at the games. It'd be very nice. But uh, without further ado, we're going to dive into the pulse. Uh, I don't actually know that's been said on this podcast in a while, but it's going to happen. It's bad. We have a pulse it's again. We, the heart revived. The heart is now beating. Yeah, you got to uh, hear the proper introduction. That was the it. Pulse. That was. Put, put our finger on the heartbeat of the sports world. 
Exactly. Going like into the playing pulse. that panic alarm that Brendan's like. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we're actually going to start off talking about football. Uh, obviously, just going out of week two, there was some pretty big games. Yeah, didn't I, Brett promise we were going to talk about a game? Last yeah, week? I, I want to omit it, but we're definitely not going to talk about that one first because it is going to be in a little bit of a segment that we do next. But uh, just to get started off with, I want to bring up uh, the one, the one game that stood out to me. I was there last week. But, uh, you know, me and you talked on your television segment about Traverse City West. I've heard of them. Yeah, but, but Traverse City West really needing to kind of prove uh, that, that they were going to be one of the front runners in the Big North Conference. The Big North Conference has taken quite a hit in the first two weeks. Uh, we've got four teams at 1-1, one and one, the other one's at 0-2. Oh so it's, you know, it's an early season. Yeah, the non-conference is, is giving us an interesting slate to judge them by. Obviously, there's a long season to go, but... Uh, so far, teams teams are finding a lot of things probably to still work on. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I do want to talk about uh, Traverse City West beating Grand Haven nineteen to seven. I was I was at that game. James at the game for a while. I know you didn't get a chance to actually see that game. Your Harrison. roommate was. He covered the highlights. Yeah, shout out Connor Morris. Uh, but he, uh, but Traverse City West let up a seventy-one yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage, and kind of looked like it to was a fullback. A, yeah. Well, this kid is... He's an exceptional foot, fullback. Yeah, six foot two, fullback. 230 Worthington, pounds. is that what? Connor Worthington. Yeah, Connor Worthington. Yeah, and Greg Vaughn said that he was going to be an issue going into it, but he really was only an issue for about one or two plays. He got tired. Uh, that Fullbacks can't do all those carries for that long. But Traverse City West, uh, honest to God, showed me that their defense is just as good as it was Michigan last year. State good, yeah. yeah. If not better. And they, they toss some wrinkles in their offense, which I hadn't seen before. Me covering Traverse City West for the last couple of years. I mean, I got to see a beautiful throwing touchdown by Andy Soma, which I haven't had, you know, my eyes. Yeah, my eyes graced with in the last two years from Traverse City West. Had a lot of movement on the ground. But I just wanted to ask you guys, after that setback from Midland, who we know is a pretty good team in week one, had some weather issues. They were still close. Now they beat Grand Haven. Was this what you think Traverse City West had to show to show that they might still be the big dogs in the Big North Conference? Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, you know, Midland's a top ten team, so that loss to them was a close game, interrupted by the by the Lightning. Um, the interesting thing about those games in the first week that were interrupted by Lightning is how many of them, uh, the team that was behind by multiple scores when the delay came, came back and won after the delay. So it's it's almost like two separate games, it's hard for the team that's ahead to get up. Kind of Lions-esque for yeah. the first and second half. <laughs> but, um, you know, to rebound with that game against uh, Grand Haven to win the Coast Guard Cup, that had, that had to just be gigantic for TC West. Um, then going into this big game they got against Holt next week, they can win that one, go into the league slate 2-1. and one. Um, They'd have some nice momentum there against some good non-conference teams. And it's nice to see the conference kind of as a whole playing good non-conference teams instead of going out yeah, and finding that's a benefit long term, smaller right? schools Speech that you can beat up on and get a cheap win or two at the beginning of the season. So it seems like the whole league is seeking out better competition now. Now, what you said with that game, we can kind of segue, because I know we'll be talking about this a lot next week, uh, but the non-conference slate for Traverse City Central is also coming to a close. They fell into it in the first game. Eked by Marquette in game number two. What do you think that Traverse City Central has to do in week three to be prepped for Traverse City West at that Patriot game in week four? Uh, a win would be nice, obviously. Yeah. Score a lot of points, uh, which they, they did against Marquette. Yeah, they got to get that. They got to get the offense clicking. I think you know, um, you know, Peyton Smith came in and he's he's been good. I don't know if he's been as great as people had hoped, 
um, but he's been pretty good. I think they got to get him kind of clicking on all cylinders. Um, you know, you, you had to figure there was going to be an adjustment period with a new a new quarterback who wasn't even in your system last year as a backup or anything. So doesn't you know completely new playbook and all that. Um, so hopefully that's what it is these first couple of games, and then as the season goes on, uh, you know, the, that offense just starts clicking and, and they start producing a lot of points against no matter who they're playing. Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing for Traverse City Central, and uh, you did mention Payne Smith, is just limiting turnovers. And I've noticed in the first couple of games there, there's been a lot of that's what Michigan wants to do too. Chances given away uh, by the Trojans, they've still you know what I'm saying had a chance to win that first game, pulled out that second game, but I believe there's already I think their turnover margin is actually in the negative right yeah. now. Um, going against Traverse City West, I think that's what you really need to shore up in this next game is take care of the ball. You know you're going to be going up against good defense. Yeah, no, you can't give, give up those chances. Yep, don't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive to be able to win games when you have a negative turnover margin. Yeah. But you don't want to put yourself in that situation, especially when you're playing a TC West. Yeah, or just even a conference foe. Uh, you, yeah. you don't want to, that first game of the conference season, I'm pretty sure your turnover margin, I mean, for the majority of the time, if you if you win a turnover margin, it's pretty, you're, you're pretty set up to win the game, so I think that'd be a good uh, a good place to start for the Trojans this week. Now, once we get out of uh, the Big North, I do want to talk about uh, a little segment here. Last week we did remain calm or panic after week number one. Uh, now I want to get everybody on the hype train, and basically we're going to play is it or is it not time to get super excited about these teams that we're going to talk about? Uh, do you think it's too early to be excited, or do you think that they have every right in the world to? We're going to start off with uh, Glen Lake. Glen Lake taking down Traverse City St. Francis pretty handily this Saturday. 28-7 to was the final score, correct? Mm-hmm. They mauled them, I saw in the paper. Yeah, according to James, mauled them. But we were going to go with the headline of beat the pants off of as a nod to Jerry Andrews. And I actually joked about it with him after the game. And then a lot of mothers would hilarious. have been really upset. Huh? And then a lot of mothers would have been really upset. Yeah, because we're not allowed to have nice things. But uh, let, let's talk about Glen Lake. They beat St. Francis for the first time in quite a while. Uh, Seven years. Yeah, did it did it handily. And I, for, according to James, at least looked good while doing it. Do you think it's too early to get super excited about Glen Lake, or do you think that this right here kind of shows that what we talked about at the beginning of the season, Glen Lake might be one of our favorites for a state title this year? I, I think they're definitely one of the teams that, from around here that can, that can do that. Their, their offense is, is not only, they not only have the huge offensive line that everybody talks about, but it's a diverse offense. You know, Reese Hazleton is running way more than I expected him to um, as a quarterback. He looks surprisingly a lot more like Kate Peterson than I think anybody outside of Glen Lake expected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, they've got three or four runners, if you include Hazleton, four, that they can get them big yardage all the time. They've got nice, good, tall, wide receivers on the outside uh, so that they can hit you from a lot of angles on offense, um, which, you know, in a high school football game, if you need, it's hard to, to defend a team like that in any sport, but in high school... You're going to have a weakness, usually. Yeah. And when you don't, it's incredibly hard to defend. And you get the vibe like a win on Saturday that happened is just a huge monkey off the back for that program. I was seeing the alums retweet you, like Duke and uh, Drew Peterson and all those guys, Duke Andrews and Drew Peterson, who were there a few years ago. Duke, obviously, a big part of that championship. Well, Drew was on that team as well. They made it to the Ford Field. Um, they've been waiting for that for so long. I've been covering those games for so long, and you always feel bad when they they just can't seem to lock one down. And not only did they lock this one down, but they won it by three touchdowns at St. Francis. 
St. Francis doesn't lose games like that, especially to teams up here. And that just happened, and that, that shows us that Glen Lake's checking boxes. And, and I know why they, Finn was joking last week, it's the red team, the blue team, so I don't know mm-hmm. if we got the orange team this week. They're playing the orange iguanas from Legends of the Hidden <laughs> Temple or what. But um, they, the, they, maybe, they, maybe the black team, because they got Mancelone. They got Mancelone. Well, orange, orange team. Well, I was right. Black and orange. I knew black it. Orange, blue, I was yeah. going to say, I'm looking at the Mancelone hat right in front of Jake, behind Jake. Oh, that's orange. Um, but, yeah, however they want to look at their opponents, uh, you know, they're doing stuff that Glen Lake teams – who've gone to the state championship game and won conference titles in the past, haven't done. So that tells me this is rarefied air for the Lakers. And, uh, yeah, it, they're going to take on any challenge they have. I'm excited to see how it goes for, goes for them going forward. Yeah, when they went to the state finals, they lost to St. Francis mm-hmm. in the regular season. They lost to St. Francis. I think they lost to Frankfurt in the regular season, too, that year. Could be. I, I, I know it was St. Francis. Well, no, nonetheless, I, I definitely agree with both of you guys. I think that... It is time to get excited for the Lakers. Obviously, you know, a, a long football season, there's still seven weeks in the regular season to go. So, you know, a stumble can happen, and I know it won't be the end of the world for them. But like you said, I think this is a, a really good way to pick up some early season momentum and kind of now they can kind of carry that that on their shoulders. Like, hey, we beat the Gladiators. We did it. We can, uh, you know, we can beat anybody at this point. So, yeah, they did beat Frankfurt that year. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I was at that game. All right, let's move on to our next. Is it time to get excited? Charlevoix is now two and zero under their new head coach. First time since 2009. Their best uh, best start yet. Is it too early to get excited Heck about no. Charlevoix? Absolutely, no. get excited. Charlevoix's got to be excited. Yeah, I've covered Charlevoix football for years, and they've been happy with 500 seasons. So if you're almost halfway there right now, live it up, and, and you're you're doing well. You're closing out big games against Boyne City teams that are traditionally pretty. I mean, that's a rival, Boyne City, uh, Elk Rapids. We know how good they've been in the past. So it's not like they're beating cupcakes right now either. They're beating teams with with experience and dedication and and systems and programs that are worthy of beating, so enjoy it. I mean, think of Charlevoix probably the past few years as being the least stuck university, but look at that. They got football back now. They've always got good soccer programs. I mean, why not? Get high. Roll, roll with Get the momentum. High. Yeah, what you can, it's house money. You can only, when you start winning like this, yeah. and that's only going to make you better is the confidence. So embrace it, and I can't wait to see. I mean, are we circling now Charlevoix, Glen Lake, I guess, is maybe the game in the conference. I know Glen Lake's got to play Mancelona this week, but... The Raiders might be their toughest tests uh, before before it's all said and done for the leaders' division this year. Because uh, let's see, Charlevoix in the league has to play Frankfurt and Mancelona yet, and they play Glen Lake in Week Eight. So yeah, that'll be a dominoes. Good you, you could see that. Yeah, you could see them both being undefeated coming into that. But that's a long ways off, Charlevoix. Exactly. Exactly. Every week, but yeah, just don't put that pressure on yourselves. We're getting excited right now, though. That that's I think I think that's a a good point. Take it while you got it. Get on the hype train. I think they have. I think Use they it. travel to Saint Ignace this week, so that's yep. another historically good opponent. The Saints haven't been as good as, as years past as of late, but still, you get a road win like that. I mean, that's another one to add to the belt. So take then, it week by well, week. Yeah, one more one more week, and then you're halfway to the playoffs. You know, so I mean, this is the last year that you can make sure that you guarantee yourself mm-hmm. with six wins. Mm-hmm. So you might as well hit that mark while you can. But we got one more team to to see if we're excited about. Uh, staying, staying out there, uh, Johannesburg Lewiston, 2-0 and now. They just uh, took down Mancelona, shut them out after Mancelona put up 44 points against Inland Lake in their first games. I mean, Joburg's looking like the favorite 
Um, so far, legacy. yeah, in, in, in the legacy. And this has to be why I'm here, because I've somehow seen both Joe Bird games so far. I went to the game on Friday night two weeks ago, and I circled the Mantellone game as kind of the intriguing one on the schedules last week. And they just, Johannesburg lost in football. You kind of sleep on them every once in a while, and you really shouldn't because they're continually in the playoffs, threatening for conference titles, and they've got a couple stud athletes on this team right now in, in Logan Finnerty and Sheldon Huff. Huff does just about everything on offense that you need a running back to do, and Finnerty's making plays that I've seen now that have been my top plays for prep plays of the week on offense and defense. So, and that's just two guys. The rest of the team is in sync and in line with that the philosophy as well as let's continue this momentum we have as such a strong program. Um, yeah, all, all sorts of excitement for Joburg as well as, as they look to try and repeat now as NMFL legacy champs. Yeah, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna run the schedule in in the legacy division and go undefeated. I, I don't see them losing to any of the yeah, teams. You got Harbor in the lakes, um, East Jordan, East Jordan, and San, San Diego. Yeah, yeah I, I can see him going four zero in that league. Um, you know, they got the good news before the season about Dane Runyon, their starting center, coming back. They got the guy who was the catcher in the, the yep. game against Gaylord St. Mary in baseball yep. that, mm-hmm. that I got run over and had some facial injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they got good news on him. So he's back playing when they didn't think they were going to have him. They, that they, all this season. Yeah, they, they thought he was going to be able season. to play anything at all. Football, you know, baseball, nothing. Uh, but he, he's back playing football. So that was good news for them. And then they've come out and scored a bunch of points in the first two weeks and don't seem to be slowing down. So, we're excited about I all think, three of these I think teams. our bottom line is week one, yeah, it's impressive, but let's see you do it again, and that's what all these teams have done against pretty good opponents for yeah. all three. In Glen Lake's case, definitely, and the other two, they weren't playing any uh, slouches either. So, yeah, they were playing I one mean, of those teams. These guys have sides. gotten to 2-0 starts with worthy opponents, so by all means, enjoy this and keep it going. All right, we are going to step away from football and move on into soccer, give you a little update here. First team I want to talk about with you guys is Elk Rapids. Starting off the season 6-2-2, two two, they have played some good competition. Um, one of their ties coming uh, via Division Two Cadillac, one of their losses coming via Division One Traverse City West, just a 2-0 to loss to West, in which an insurance goal was put on the last 10 minutes. So it was a close game uh, throughout. But otherwise, the Elks have been dominating uh, the, the smaller school opponents. Uh, Preston Ball, his younger brother Spencer Ball, who I didn't know was going to be on the map, but has been all over the place for the Elks. Uh, Mason Travis, uh, Josh Vanderveer. I mean, there's a host of names on this Elks team uh, that have already shown up this season. Do you guys think uh, the the tie against Cadillac and that that small loss against West, uh, do you think that shows their strength, or do you think that it shows where where they have a little bit of weaknesses uh, against those bigger schools? I think so. I mean, uh, you know, you remember last year, who was Leland's one stumbling block earlier in the season? Cadillac. Cadillac. Then they want to save title. Yep. Maybe that happens again. Well, now it's kind of reversing because didn't Leland beat Cadillac this year? I think they played and Leland won that game this year. Massey had like four goals. Yeah. But then Elk Rapids and Leland played. Elk Rapids has won over Leland. So they're kind of like beating up on each other yeah. in this little round-robin tournament. But, yeah, it just amazes me year in and year out how these, these programs like Elk Rapids and Leland specifically in boys' soccer – they have so much of a reputation to continue the success of the teams in the past and being one of the teams to beat up here, and they continually do it, even recycling all these guys out. Nate Plum, credit to you as a head coach. Uh, also, thanks for the shout-out last year, wondering what, where I've been on certain podcasts when I'm not there. Uh, well, you're, well, you're here now. You'll probably hear about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's just that program is 
continually at the top in the rankings in the Lake Michigan Conference, making tournament runs, and it's every few guys every year. These the culture is there to build a perfect program, and it's just unique to see something like that continue for as long as it's been going. And this is carbon copy one of those years. I was at the West game the other day, and yeah, they looked like they belonged right out there with a Titans team that's. Like basically the best in the Big North that, Conference. I mean, another Titan, strong program. Yeah, the Titans beat Cadillac. The Titans beat Cadillac. Have already uh, gone down downstate. It's a pretty good tournament. I mean, they took a couple lumps early in the season, but like you said, like you said, Traverse City West looks good too. So I don't think a two two zero loss to yeah. Traverse City West. I think I think you Coach get you no, get no. more in defeat than you probably get from a win long term. If that makes any yeah. sense, you know. Yeah, definitely. Then you get an eight nothing game. Yeah, you know? exactly. Well, yeah, which which they've done already several times this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure I'm sure that. Well, I mean, if you're going to be that good, that's going to happen every once in a while. Yeah. Now, no, I do want to mention you did bring up the other the other team that is a perennial powerhouse the here and the defending Division Four state champs, Leland Comets. Uh, they they've started off the season quite strong to begin with. Got all their playmakers. They, they probably have the toughest schedule. Yeah. I mean, they are playing anyway. It makes sense. They that those other teams want to play them. They want to play. It makes everybody happy and. We get some exciting matchups in soccer. So. Didn't I think? Well, Joe Berta said that last year after they won the title that, that they would that now they were going to get more of these teams wanting to come up here and play them. Yeah. Uh, um, whereas before, a lot of times they would have to go downstate to play these teams or go to tournaments. Now they can get some of these non-conference teams to actually come up here and play a single game instead of coming up for a tournament, and they can get uh, you know way beef up their their non-conference schedule because of the state title putting them on the map the way it did. All right, so now that'll do it for soccer. We just had a couple to talk about. I do want to segue into volleyball, which will eventually lead into our interview. But we'll start off talking about. Uh, I guess we, we can go with Leland again. Another, you know, we talked State about the county. Yeah, but a perennial powerhouse uh, in soccer now, perennial powerhouse in volleyball. We know that, but they have gotten off to a bit of a rocky start this season. I know that they go down. They do some pretty high class tournaments. They do some they do pretty same thing, yeah. high high competition tournaments. But I, you know, in, in the last year that I was here. The start, the start was a little bit better. They're only 6-7-1, and one, about two, two, two and a half weeks into the season. Uh, we know they lost a couple big players from last year. But my question to you guys about them, do you think that this is just early season woes and Lori Glass kind of orchestrating, uh, making her team better in the early season? Or do you think that they really are missing uh, those All-State players in Ellis Siddall and Allie Martin? I will go with the first one. Absolutely. But their, their schedule that they've been playing is just ridiculous. I mean, this weekend they went down. They went. They went down to a tournament. They went 0 and 4. They were a class D school. They went to a class A tournament. They, uh, every team that they played except for one was a class A school, and the one they didn't play was class B. You know, and that's what they're. You know, the other night, next night they'll play Kingsley here in a day or two, which is a class B school, but in their conference. You know, they, they don't shy away from anybody, and you know. Yeah, I mean, like the story we had in the in the fall tab. You know, Larry Glass doesn't really care about the record. Yeah. You know, yeah, until I see the season, how they about the tournament run. Yeah, there's. Let's not kid ourselves. Just by name recognition alone, they're going to be that Kingsley and themselves are the favorites for the Northwest Conference. So until I see how they play against that type of opponent up here, and then as we get to the end of the season, which is where Leland really just always finds that that right mojo to get going to schedule their annual trip down to Battle Creek. I, I just assume in November I'm going to be there, and 90% of the time I assume it's going to be for Leland. So um, until I really get a grasp of them later in the season that this might not 
be their year, I, I'm not counting them out. And we're going to see yeah. exactly what they're made of playing against Kings of this week. Um, another big matchup that is this week, I want to just play a quick game of who you got. Uh, Traverse City West and Traverse City Central face off in volleyball on Wednesday. It'll be their first meeting of the season. Uh, both teams, once again, have taken a couple lumps in the early season, but once you get that big North Conference started, uh, Traverse City Central already has one of those wins under their belt from the past weekend against Alpena. Uh, first action from these two teams against each other, who you got on Wednesday? I, I think Maggie McCrary will have a big game for Central. And, and, you know, and she's one of the more dominant players around here. And you know, Central, I think, was definitely going to be favored going into this game. Yeah, I, I think Central has the edge, but it seems like the volleyball series, more than some of the other ones in the other sports, has kind of been back and forth. We get, we get, I know West had a stretch where they were winning for quite a while, but yeah. lately Central's grabbed a couple. The last couple of years. Uh, yeah. And before that, yeah, it was West for quite a while. So it seems like right now, really, you wouldn't be surprised by either outcomes, and that's fully what I expect when these two meet up. We get, what, Central West and soccer and volleyball this week. Yeah, back-to-back so. back days. It's, it's rivalry week. And tennis. And tennis. Probably cross-country. Probably yeah. shuffleboard. Golf. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a couple of BNC meets for cross country and for golf coming up, so they'll be seeing each other. So yeah, it's rivalry week for them, but rivalry two weeks for football. Yeah, because then leads up into the Patriot game next week. Which make sure you check out RecordEagle.com and following us on Twitter for all of your Patriot game needs. We'll be probably an overboard next week, so we're not gonna we're not gonna talk too much about it this week because you're gonna hear a lot about it here in the next okay, what, not, twelve it's days. It's not necessary this week. Yeah, but uh, one more thing about volleyball I wanted to bring up before we get into our interview was the TC Christian Sabres uh, starting off eleven and zero. Nice hot start for the volleyball team, led by our guest of, of today, Emma Mirabelli. It also just blows my mind that it's September 9th, and they, these teams have played in the double digits for games. I know they play the tournaments, but, like... So a hot start for the Sabres. Uh, Emma Mirabelli did join us here in the Get Around studio on Monday to chat more about the season, um, her, her play style, and her life. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and give that a listen right now. The Get Around is excited to welcome in Traverse City Christian sophomore volleyball player Emma Mirabelli into the Get Around studio. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Great. Emma and uh, the Sabres are off to a very hot start uh, this year. 11-0 uh, is what they have reached so far, but we wanted to bring Emma in, talk a little bit about the early season goings, and mm-hmm. kind of get back on the volleyball grind. Uh, we haven't quite got onto that yet this year, so... Uh, we'll, we'll get started with that. I mean, we'll just start off with your team and where you guys are right now. Um, only a sophomore, but you, you're, you're really helping lead the team to a, to 11 and 0. I know you're one of the one of the front front net girls, always putting up uh, points on offense, making it happen on defense. I mean, how can you uh, say or what what can you say about the way that the season has gone so far? And did you guys think that this start was possible? Um, I think we are obviously off to an incredible start. We are led by three amazing seniors and we have like a really good like team dynamic we all work together really well there's not like a we're a senior we are in charge of the team we all work together we have a really good team dynamic pretty much we flow together there's really good teamwork so I don't think we were expecting this but we are very happy so how it's going so and you guys have a pretty young coach as well too we right? do yep Caitlin. yeah yeah yep. how, how is how is the how's everything coming together with all that really with all good that change yeah really good uh she's been here for this is her third year, I believe, mm-hmm. and you know she's really good. We love her. She's so so great. 
uh, super nice, uh, knows what she's doing. Um, yeah, she's just she's really good. I do love you, her. Do you think her youth kind of helps with that dynamic that you guys we, have? We, we all connect well. We all laugh and have fun. So I think it does help for sure. Of course, and I mean, you you, you technically are the youth on the team, <laughs> only being a sophomore. Yeah. Um, how, how have you kind of taken on your own role? Like you said, you have those seniors, senior leaders, but we know, you know what your talents are like. How have you kind of fallen into that role, and what kind of role have you taken with the Sabres this season? I think it's a encouraging role. Like, I know what I'm doing, and then I'm helping out, but also working with everyone else. Everyone else is kind of pitching in. I think it's hard coming in as a sophomore, but since everyone's so welcoming, it's like you don't even realize you're a sophomore. You, you're all the same age, pretty much, we feel. And so whether you're a senior or a sophomore, it's all the same role. Whatever you take on, you take on, and they'll let you take it on. So I think it's pretty great. I guess just talk a little bit about your, your family dynamic and you know, your, your dad, your <laughs> older sister, obviously successful in, in athletics. <laughs> How does that... How does that, uh, I don't know, help or shape or anything, what, what you do? I mean, obviously I'm from an athletic family, so I've grown up playing sports. I've grown up, like, knowing the competitiveness of sports from the highest possible level. I mean, seeing where Molly has gone to has, like, pushed me. Like, it's really encouraged me to keep going and show that that's where I want to play in the future. Um, and then my parents are obviously able they know how to get there. They, they've done it all. They've gone everywhere. So it works. It, I, I know what I need to do. So it, it's helpful, I guess. Yeah. I did want to ask you more about your sister. I mean, we know, we know your sister was a very, very good volleyball player, <laughs> um, all throughout high school, all four years had, had made a big impact over at St. Francis. Now, uh, how much have you tried to take away from her? I mean, you guys aren't that far apart in age, but it's still that big enough gap where you really probably haven't played together too much, you know, especially if you're doing your club and everything. The age groups are a little bit too far off. How much have you kind of tried to take from Molly and put into your own game? A lot. So we practice together for far out. We are in the same gym, and then we end up scrimmaging each other on the daily. And then watching her, she's always able to, like, give me tips, like just small things like you need to be farther out when you approach or be faster all these little things help make the game better and so i'm always able to watch her and then fix myself pretty much now uh you, you obviously have taken a big role in that offense uh for the sabers I've, i'm pretty sure we mentioned you on the get around last week uh with one of the tournaments you guys had had something like 45 or 48 kills in just a few games uh, I want to talk a little bit about your mindset when you're on the court and um, what, what, are you, what, what are you like or what type of presence do you bring to the court when you're at the front of the net? How do you kind of approach the game? When I go up there, I'm thinking, I, I don't try to hit the ball as hard as I can. I'm placing the ball. I'm just trying to be smart with my game. Um, obviously, if you get a nice set, you're going to want to hit the, hit the ball hard. But you go up there and you just, you, you want to know, like pretend that, Every time you swing, you're going to want to score. And so just having the mindset, thinking, I can do this, um, I just have to play smart, it helps, it works, it, it all goes into it. it as long as you, when you go up and you're trying to kill the ball every time, you're bound to mess up. And that's what I have to tell myself before I go. Don't swing as hard as you can. Just place the ball and do what you know how to do. Talk a little bit about the rest of the team and the rest of the people in your starting lineup and what their roles are and what they bring to the team. So our three seniors are our captains. We have Abby Brower, who is our libero, um, Jalene Baumeister, she's our middle, and then Sydney Broderick, who's our other outside. Um, 
they're they're great. I love them. Um, I've known them for a long time. I've kind of grown up with them for the most part um, through Molly, even when she was there. Uh, they are great. They're super encouraging. Abby's killing it in the back row. Sydney's doing great at outside, and so is Jalene in the middle. They they all contribute a lot to our team and help a ton. Um, then we have Ellie Visser, who is our left side or right side um, lefty. It's so great. I've known her since I was like literally born. Like we've grown up together, um, and it's great to be on the same team with her this year. And she's so little. She's like literally five two, but she gets up there and swings, and it's great to see that. Yeah, she's little, but she's feisty. <laughs> um, and then Jules. Brower, Juliana Brower, which is Abby Brower's sister, a setter slash middle, love her, really good friends with her, she's in my grade, so we have a lot of fun together, and then our other setter, Camille, and once again, she's killing it setting and really helping out and getting to a lot of balls that maybe aren't past great, but she's doing great, they're all doing great. Now, you did kind of mention, uh, you know, one, one of your short friends. Um, you know, one, one of the things I know at least about with you and your sister and a, a couple other of the girls in the area who have really seemed to dominate uh, at, at the net are a bit taller, you know, closer to that six-foot range. How much do you think that has, uh, you know, helped you out as a volleyball player as opposed to having to make up for that, like you said, with explosiveness or anything like that? You're kind of already about net height when you get up there. I mean, it definitely helps for sure. Um, it, like, when I started out, I guess I had an easier starting because I had that advantage. But I don't think height is the main thing. It definitely helps. But if you can place the ball, you're pretty good. But it definitely helps. <laughs> now, if you weren't, if you weren't playing on stage hitter, I don't know if you do anything else for club. I'm sure you're still probably at the net. But uh, if you could play some other position on the volleyball court, where would you want to be? I mean, for my height, setting would be amazing. I would love to set. I just haven't really had the training, but probably setting. Okay. Pull off like be like an Alicia Glass. That'd be like great. A six foot tall oh, setter. It's great. She's so good. Now, how much? Uh, I, I know. Um, like we just mentioned, somebody else. How much? How much do you look towards college or professional volleyball players for tips? And and how much do you watch that and try to bring that into your game? Is that something that you know? It's, it's not like it's always a televised event or anything like that. But how much do you kind of look? above yourself to kind of make yourself better? Quite a bit. Every time I like go to a game, I'm always watching my position, see what they're doing, see what looks different from what I'm playing. If I can see, like, I can put the two videos together, I see she's a lot faster, or I need to do this instead, or this is what I'm going to be up against, so I need to reach higher and jump higher. It help, It motivates. It shows you what you need to be to play at the next level. and. It tells me pretty much what I need to change and what I need to get better at and what areas I need to fix. Now, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier, but uh, even just as a sophomore, you're obviously already looking at uh, that next level, trying to get to to that part. How do you kind of balance your individual individual development and still, you know, bring your high school team and and try to make them the best that they can be? In my opinion, it's like the best version of you makes your team better. So if I can continue to push myself while encouraging. It's all going to make the team better. If you push myself and then I'm pushing another girl, I'm making her better, it all um, adds up to everyone being the strongest they can be. And so if I'm working on my back row, say if I'm like saying I need to get all these balls, I'm laying out, I'm touching every ball possible, by getting those up, it helps everyone. Now, I, I do want to talk about this hot start once again. I'm not sure 
uh, what your guys' expectations were at the beginning of the season. But I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, as things start to creep into your mind that there might be more possible than you, you might have thought at the beginning of the season. What have you and your team talked about, I mean, even prior to this point and then going into the future as your goals uh, for the Sabres this year? I mean, obviously this is an incredible start. We, I don't think we ever, before the season started, thought about where we could be. I think there was always those things in the back of my mind, like, oh, we could be district champs, all that stuff. But it's, like, obvious now that we have a chance. We, we actually have a shot to do this if we can get past these really good teams. I think pushing ourselves to be district champs, we that's obviously an end goal, but it's the small goals in between, like, fix this, get all these passes there first. It's the small inch by inch, day by day, that our main goals are. Well, you've got a couple of good matches coming up this week. You have Elk Rapids, who's off yeah. to a pretty good start yeah. as well, and then a much bigger school in Manistee. How are you guys looking forward to those matches? We love those games. We we love the games that push us, that really are back and forth. Those are the ones where we get better at, too. So it's like they keep us engaged. And so always playing teams that say it's not as close kind of gets a little old sometimes. But um, we always look forward to the close games. Those are the ones that we are like, I'm so ready to go play this. I want to get in there right now and play. Well, now who, just blowing people out, right? <laughs> yeah, now, now, obviously you say you look forward to some of those close games. Uh, are there any teams that you guys have bookmarked on your schedule that you have already looked at and say, hey, like, we need to make sure that we're ready by this point, or we, we know that this is going to be a game? For sure. Um, I mean, every year, GTA, that's like, our schools are so close that it's like, we, we're, everyone, we everyone loves that game. Not, like, we love the girls on the other side, but... We always want to win that one. And then obviously Leland, they're an incredible team coached by an amazing coach. Um, those are both going to be tough games, I feel like. Leland is going to really bring it, but we're working to get there. Now, how long until you guys play Leland, do you know? I think they're districts. Okay. So, so, so you, got, you, you, also, you got quite a bit of time to prepare yeah, them. We always get them late in districts. You guys should give a, a, a shot at them this year? I, yeah, if we play well, I mean, it'll always be, I mean, Leland's incredible. They're always pull out really well, but it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a game to see. Um, it'll, if we can play our side and we just gonna hope that we've practiced enough, we've figured out our skills enough and we just execute whatever we do and then see what happens. And yeah. Now it's one thing that's funny is the other day I was talking to Lori class and I, I knew that you were going to be coming on here already, so I asked her if she had any experience, you know, against you, and she, she kind of thought for a second, and she was like, "Oh, the little Mary Belly." <laughs> yeah. She said she hasn't coached you for a couple of years, or yeah. So, but you're not that little. How tall are you? Five ten. Five ten. Yeah. As a sophomore, probably already. still growing. <laughs> yeah, probably. But uh, so obviously, that you, you've worked with Coach Glass on some mm -hmm. technical stuff. I'm sure back in the day, but. Um, how, how do you uh, how do you guys work through your practices? Is it mostly uh, working on those technical placing your ball? You know, what I'm saying being in the right spot so you know where you got to yeah. be to block and know where you got to be to dig. Or, or how yeah. do you guys go about that to kind of grow as a team? Um, we go through our positions. We are when this ball is hit where, who's getting that? It's um, how are we setting up for the um, like middle hit? I'll just go through each play, each possible scenario, and figure out what we're doing in each. And then play it out, obviously. And then work on um, position hitting, position serving, 
and then all the little things in between. We do a lot. What are some of the, uh, the the inner workings of volleyball that most people don't know? Because volleyball is one of those sports where uh, the, the people that are watching in the stands often don't exactly know the rules <laughs> and, and how everything goes. <laughs> if you're in it, you're in it. If you're right. out of it, you don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think back row is a big one where people don't really understand. So your middle back, obviously, your middle back takes the entire back line. And then your uh, wings, or your two other back row play players, take everything that's kind of in between there, and they're supposed to like kind of cut off the ball if they can. Um, I think this is ones that like drop right behind where they kind of stand, which is kind of in between the middle back and them. That they're like, why didn't the middle back take that? It's, I think it's just, yeah. So they don't really understand everything. And then those tips. You might have just, you might have just taught me something too. <laughs> I mean, I know I know how volleyball works, but I don't know the exact strategy behind volleyball yeah. all the time. Now, uh, when when you do get into games, do you approach? Do you guys approach every single match the same, or is it? Uh, do you guys know, like when you like say when you're preparing for Leland, you know that they're going to be very tactical, you know they're going to be very skilled. Do you go do you go on a game by game basis with like a game plan, or is it more or less we need to know our skills and be in our spots and make them play to our strengths? We try to approach every game with the same mentality and like go out, play hard, do whatever we can, just do what we know and then see where that gets us pretty much. And if we do execute what we know, we're set. And so with like Leland, when we have to go play them, we're just going to play our side. We can't control what happens with the ball on the other side of the court. We just have to execute on our side. Mm -hmm. Did you change, do you change anything, maybe you tweak things a little bit if you go into a game and you're like, Oh well, this team's got like a six foot three middle blocker. Do, do, you, do you tweak things to yep. kind of hit from different areas, that so, kind of stuff? Yeah, so I'm always watching um, when they're warming up, they get to hit the, obviously, get their hitting lines. Um, I look where each girl is hitting the ball because in warm up, the girl is going to hit their favorite shot. They're not going to typically try to do a line if their favorite shot is cross. Um, and that's where they're going to be hitting most of the time, their favorite shot. And so if she is, like, cutting back the ball, the middle is cutting back the ball, I always, you shift over the block, and I, you, we all talk about that, see what we've all picked up, who's, who, or what girl is, like, whose favorite shot. And then if we need to pull back, like, a, um, like our right back, if they need to back up to take the line more, or if we need to shift over our left side. or How hard is it to not... Hit your favorite shot every time. <laughs> it's hard for sure, especially when you get that like perfect set, and you just, you want because that's where you're gonna hit the ball the hardest most of the time. But they're gonna figure it out that that's where she likes to hit. So you need to change it up, either tip it or go line or go like just change whatever you've been doing. So now, uh, just to get inside the mind of a volleyball player, how much how much do you think uh, volleyball is mental versus physical, or do you think it's more reactionary or preparedness? It's extremely mental. So for far out and obviously school team, we've all talked about the mental side of the game, all these little things that you can say in your head, all the, li the little tricks that have gone into it. Like if you're serving the ball, say, and you sit, tell yourself, don't serve the ball out. You're going to serve the ball out 98% of the time. And so, and then same with your passing. If you psych yourself, like you get nervous and then you tense up and then the ball never does what you want. The ball will do whatever you tell it to do, pretty much. Well, that is going to bring us to the Freaky Fast Five. A nod to our sponsors at Jimmy John's. We are going to hit Emma with five rapid-fire questions. 
they're usually pretty easy, but we, we, we've came across a few where people tell us they're a very good question, but there's still nothing crazy. Uh, James, you go ahead and kick it off. Okay, so, uh, so Molly hasn't pitched in softball for a couple of years, <laughs> and your dad obviously has not swung a bat for probably a whole lot. If she was pitching a softball to your dad, who would win that matchup? I'm sorry, Molly, but I think my dad, he's done it a few more years, so I think he could get back into it a little bit. Even, even in softball? Even with the softball pitch coming uh, from the underhand? Yeah, he, he would hit off Molly every once in a while when she was still in it, and I don't think Molly would be throwing as hard as she was, so I, I think it'd be him still, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, now here, here's a good one. What job do you think you would be absolutely horrible at? Anything artistic. Okay. Like design, like I could never do that. I am so un like artistic. There's like not an artistic bone in my body. So like design, I could never do. Or like an architect or something like I that. I could never do that. Could never conceptualize <laughs> like a whole building before you put it on paper. Nope. Yeah. All right. If life were a video game, what would be your most used cheat code? Schoolwork done, probably. Just get that out of the way. And then all work in general. <laughs> yeah, cheat codes. Yeah, just get paid. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a leisure life from here on out, guys. So, what's the worst thing about being from the Red Valley family? Did people that oh, just did people just assume things? Yeah, I mean for sure. Um, also, we are tease a lot. You could say like there is yeah. definitely very competitive in this family. Uh, we're always doing something and. If one person messes up, they don't live it down. They they are destroyed for that one for a long time. Mm. All right. We're not going to have her incriminate herself, but I think this is a funny one. If <laughs> if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your family and friends think it was for? Ooh. <laughs> That's <laughs> a good one. You're asking that question to somebody who goes, it's easy, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is hypothetical. <laughs> and plus, I'm sure it would come with an explanation off top, but... Stealing. Yep. See, that's I, easy. I, yeah. Okay. I ain't that bad. Yeah, no. But she's pleading the fifth otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I believe that's five questions. That is going to do it for our time with Trevor City Christian sophomore Emma Mirabelli. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Get Around, and we wish you and the Sabres the best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you. again send a thank you out to Emma Mirabelli for joining us in the Get Around Studios. That interview brought to you by Jimmy John's with two occasions in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. Before we get into the Hall of Fame, we are going to get you fed. Get you fed? Before we get into the athlete of the week, we are going to get you fed. Remember, if you share or retweet, even as much as comment or even if you act like you listen to it, but didn't actually listen to it, just share the podcast. Just like. Yeah, give us give us give us some type of interaction so we we're can needy. be needy. We're needy, heard and seen, and looked yeah. at by more eyes and ears, and talked to by more mouths and fingers. On yeah, Twitter. the more people that listen to this, the better it'll get, right? Yeah, yeah. it, yeah. it only gets feedback. better. We'll bring in clowns and other. <laughs> ah, yeah, sure. There's going to be a carnival inside of the yeah. Uh, we're going to make a studio. big party. But uh, I just saw it, so. So Bring in evil clowns that will eat children. So <laughs> our winner this week, who is going to receive two coupons for free Jimmy John sandwiches, is Karen Thor. I'm assuming this is the mother of Reagan and Riley Thor in Frankfurt. Yes. And we can assume, but Karen, 
we will be messaging you and getting those sent out your way. So you can be just like Karen if you just interact with our podcast. It only takes one little click, and you can get... You could be next yeah, week. Karen. And we can get you fed. Get fed. But on to the Athlete of the Week. James, we have been going through, searching and searching, and we have found a good one. Found some good news. Yeah, at least good news. So, yeah. A good athlete reference. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Mid-American Conference, you know, tagged tag St. Francis, former St. Francis player Brady Buell, telling him that he was uh, chosen as the uh, Athlete of the Week for the Mid-American Conference. A punter. For special teams. A punter. Yeah, yeah for special teams. Uh, he, he punted nine times, which is... You don't want to be doing that. Not, yeah, not good for CMU. Not good. Yeah, you don't want to be punting nine times, yeah, but, but nonetheless. But averaged forty-five point two yards a punt in their sixty-one to nothing loss at Wisconsin. So he did his job. I'm going to fade that up. Yeah, sixty-one nothing loss. Sixty-one to zero. But uh, thankfully that was. Do we panic if Francis. we're CMU? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's time. Where's the alarm? <laughs> Hit the button. Yeah. Hit the button. It's time to panic. Thankfully that was when the Glen Lake St. Francis football game was going on, so I didn't have to watch that. You didn't have to watch. And I did not make a bet with Brett. Oh, I would have never made a boy. You should have the spread was sixty points. You probably could have made that bet the and still lost. Spread, I think, was only thirty-five. You still would have lost if you yeah, had a sixty points. Yeah, but I would have had to have been given way more points than that. But nonetheless, congratulations to Brady Buell being the Maction Player of the Week, Mid American Conference. Still, and only a second game. Yeah, I mean, a starter. if you got a punt, if you got a punt nine times. Averaging around 45 yards a punt sounds exactly like a pretty good idea. Exactly what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, you just hope going that, to Wisconsin didn't bother him too much. Right, I was in a Big Ten atmosphere. You just hope that the other team is punting nine times as well yeah. in that game. But that's you hope, just not but how that it didn't happens. have it happen in that game. Stupid Mac trivia is that uh, one time the Mac Player of the Year was a punter. The no. Conference Player of the Year of the Year was a punter. Mac is such a so chill he's got a though. chance. Yeah. Such a chill conference. And also worth noting it Brady. Brad, it was Brad Maynard who went on to play in the NFL for quite a long time with the Bears. But still. Like, led the nation in punting, I think, that year. Something crazy. He, 48 he, yards of punt or something. Oh, I don't even want to... You, too, could be a conference player of the year. Just keep kicking the football. Maybe I could do Most it Most people want to pass it. Just do it as a long kicking. snapper. Next up is everybody's favorite segment of the show. Or I like at least the kids. I, at least the kids. I think the kids like to get uh, inducted into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in Northern Michigan. It's got to be a, an athlete favorite. Except the weeks when we pronounce their names wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the club. Uh, uh. Oh yeah. Is your name on the list? You guys look just like Night at the Roxbury. Is, is your name on the list? <laughs> we should just. We have three players up vying for a spot in the Get Around Hall of Fame. James, you go ahead and start off with your nomination. Yeah, I'll put up uh, Kingsley running back Aiden Mullen. Huge game in their uh, 36-19 win over Ogama Heights. 28 carries, which is a lot. A lot. But also 222 yards, which is a lot. A lot. I mean, averaging 8 yards, 9 yards a carry. And 4 TDs, which is also a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah, but that's, yeah, that's 8, 9 yards a carry. Majority of the 36 points. So, 222 yards, 4 touchdowns for Mullen. Who do you got, Harrison? Uh, I was actually at this game last week. I saw Leland's Michael Roberts get four goals and an assist against Rival Glen Lake, eight to nothing. So he had half the goals. Uh, three of the other four goals were from Jesus Calderon Balcazar. So uh, between those two, they had seven of the eight goals. But uh, Roberts, just you could tell, especially in that first half, he had three of those goals, I believe. Um, and he just looked in his own out there. Like you got him the ball in the open space, and he he was going to put it in the net. So certain days like that, you just 
you got something going for you, and that, that's going to make it for sure a finalist for the Athlete of the Week. Mm-hmm. Of course, four goals in a game. Jesus got in the club last year. We'll see if Michaels can get in this year. Mm-hmm. Of course. Now, I will put up somebody that's probably doesn't get mentioned on this podcast very often, but is definitely a worthy, uh, worthy candidate. Uh, Keelan Eskridge, Manistee quarterback. Won 57-20 this weekend, obviously put up a lot of points, but had 15 carries for 126 yards with three rushing touchdowns. And he also went 7-for-9 passing with 133 yards and two touchdowns. So looking at about 270 total yards of offense and five touchdowns for the Manistee quarterback in a big win. So once again, we had some good performances coming out of week two of the prep sports season, or at least our inductions into the to the Hall of Fame. The fall season. Yeah, for the fall season. Uh, I'll leave the voting up to our guests to begin with. Harrison, who who are you going with off top? I'll give the nod to Eskridge. I mean, that's that whenever you can do damage, Jalen Hurts style with both both sides of the way, was rushing and throwing. Uh, you know, all he needs to do is catch a pass, and we're going to basically make him athlete of the year uh, until that <laughs> happens. Uh, you're definitely my pick to go into the Hall of Fame this week, Keelan Eskridge. Yeah, I like Eskers too. Uh, you know, uh, Aiden Mullen's going to get his. Yeah. At some point this season, he's going to get that award again. And so. one or two Leland players will probably be getting in too. So. Yeah. yeah. Once again, not, yeah. I'm sure it won't be the last time Michael Roberts is probably put up for this. But over 100 yards rushing and passing, pretty impressive. Five TDs, pretty impressive. And it's a big week for Manistee. They got rival Ludington on Friday, so much. I know that's a little out of your guys' coverage region, but. I will, I will make it unanimous then, and I'll give it to Eskridge. You can't forget, he went 7 for 9 passing. Very Pretty good, accurate. yeah. Pretty Very accurate. accurate. Only missed a couple passes. They, uh, they've won 11 regular season games in a row now. Maybe we should be talking about them. Is it too early to get excited about Manistee? Probably too, not. Probably too late. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little late on that gravy train. But we'll add, we'll add to the party here with... Welcome to the club, Keelan. You're officially in the door and dancing. He's just going to do this on Friday night. He's going like, Keelan, get in the game! That's all it needs. Uh, uh, okay. And we really hope we got your name right. I don't know if I could... Uh, I don't know if I... How else would you pronounce that? Keek. Keelan. Keelan. Yeah, it's got to be Keelan Eskridge. I think so. K-E-E-L-A-N. Well, they call it India. E-S-K-R-I-D-G-E. Yeah. He, he texted. So. Oh, he texted. As, as we just found out about Brendan Goyne, 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 doesn't matter if they call it in, we're like still not going to know. <laughs> a fine Goyne. But uh, that's going to lead into our favorite segment. Which, My favorite. Or at least Harrison's favorite segment, the trifecta. So if I don't have a clear-cut answer yet. Yeah, our first trifecta without Brett. I mean, I'm sure you've done some when he's been gone, no, but on a, we permanent just go on a permanent basis. basis. First trifecta without Brett, so we know that it's going to be a lot funnier than normal. Yep. <laughs> His answers were always terrible. This, this, always, this episode is a roast. Of he's me, always so. so he was always so serious about it all. It, I you, know. If you notice, if you're gone, God, including me, that person tends to get ripped on. Yeah. Because there's no defense. You can't, defense. can't, you can't you defend yourself. Can't. No defense necessary. But speaking of terrible defense and everything else, I had uh, an idea for the trifecta this week. For this week's trifecta, I wanted to pose the question, what is the most disappointing, and that's the word, I'm, this is the adjective we're looking for, disappointing football game that you've ever been a part of or watched? It really doesn't have to be a football game, but it could just be an athletic event, the most disappointing I was going to say, are we expanding this? Yeah, we can expand it. I, I, just know, I just thought about it because the Lions tied the... They lions. <laughs> the, the, the Arizona Cardinals yesterday. The Lions lions. And I live in a world where I can laugh about stuff like that, whereas five years ago, 
I'd be miserable. I, I, I'd be laughing about it on Monday, but on a Sunday, I'd be miserable. But I, 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 I've been laughing for quite a while at the Lions now. I mean, that was a very dis- that was just a disappointing game to watch because, God, I'm just disappointed in them. But <laughs> I note to coaches out there: don't take your foot off the gas. Yeah. Also, Ever. Be, also be interesting to see because their next wave of games is brutal. Yes. With they Chargers, did. Eagles, Packers, uh, somebody else pretty tough in there. So they kind of needed a they win now because I don't know if they're going to get one for a while. But I guess I can get started off while you fellas are. Managing. I got. I got. If we're doing all sports, I got. I yeah. Well, I'll, I'll get started off anyways. Good. I think it's quite obvious for me. I, I thought about this question in this game. What college did you go to again? Uh, D. Michigan State University. Did they copyright that? No. They're trying to. The, the Ohio State Buckeyes are trying to copyright the word the. Well, it'd be the, technically, I think, because that's the way they say it. But anyways, it was very obvious to me when I thought about this question. Michigan State losing to Alabama in the college football playoff 48-0 was by far the most disappointing thing I've ever seen. I actually, I actually had some delusion in my head that they had a shot at winning that game. Yeah, see, I, I knew there was no way they were going to win, but I mean, was I expecting 38 nothing? No, I mean, that, that sucked. I mean, yeah. really, it just, the worst part about that is it's not only an embarrassing loss, but as the four seed, we were the four seed, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I would have been the one seed. It, it shows the rest of the national media like, oh, wait, see, we were wrong in picking Michigan State and maybe even de facto a Big Ten team to be in it that year. Look how bad they just got embarrassed. Now, thankfully, it seems like that happens every year now in the semifinals. That to someone. Two teams, blow, Clemson and Alabama, blow out the other two teams. That's the rite of passage. But um, Yeah, it was more about the, whatever, 20-plus-hour drive to Dallas that I made the whole with commitment. all of the yeah. anticipation. We were there? Yeah, yeah. I was. Oh, at, my God. Oh, yeah, I'm I sorry. drove. I'm sorry, man. I drove to Arlington, Texas. How, How, was your New Year's? How wasted were you in the Well, that was now? New Year's. Literally not even. But, Harrison, most disappointing game you've ever been a part of? Uh, well, anybody who's known me throughout the podcast knows that I'm deeply rooted in whatever the Pistons seem to do and I you know I'm just going to call myself out as a fan the 04 title was amazing I was not a great fan of the Pistons in 04 I would catch games here and there and then I kind of caught on the bandwagon and yeah it was a lot of fun they won the title it was super super cool a great experience and I have faint memories thanks to childhood videos of the bad boys winning but the 04 title really didn't feel like I earned it as a true fan of the team hardcore like you know, ride or die with the team. Sorry, are you telling me 05 through the 09? Next, the next season, I'm watching every game I can. I watched probably 80% of those games in the 04, 05 season. The Mouse, the Palace. Uh, I remember several good games in the regular season and in seasons since. But um, that playoff was so key. Larry Brown was back, the same starting five. We're down 3-2 to two to the Spurs, you may recall. They lost that game where uh, Robert Ory hit the big shot in game five. And that put the Spurs up 3-2. to two. Detroit goes on to win game six in San Antonio because the final two games are in San Antonio because of that format. They win game six in San Antonio. They're up nine with a quarter and a half to go, midway through the third quarter in game seven. They're up nine. And then Tim Duncan does his thing and took over in the fourth quarter and was an MVP. And I, I think what really screwed the Pistons that year is their bench was just Lindsey Hunter and Antonio McDice. At the end of the day, those guys and just Darvin get tired. Ham. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Darvin Ham. Um, they just didn't have options, and those guys were getting gassed. And as great defensively as they were, and as reliable scores as Chauncey and Rip, and 
and she could be. It just they could not answer that seventh game, even though they seem like they might. It seemed like Destiny was going to be for a repeat. The bad boys repeated. Why couldn't that team too? So that one being up nine in the third quarter on the road and something that like no NBA team can do is win two straight must wins in San Antonio for a championship. That would have been the coolest thing. for back to back. And they were so close to doing it, and it just slipped a one quarter slipped away. James, what is your most disappointing game you've been a part of or watched? Uh, me and a friend of mine from college had said that if the Detroit Tigers ever made the World Series <laughs> in our lifetime, that we had to go. So that was back in the in the 90s. And so they finally made the World Series in 06. And uh, he lives on Pittsburgh, or on Pennsylvania now and everything. But we were like, all right, we're going to go. We, we said we were going to do it. So we're going to do it. So we got on eBay. We bought some tickets. Paid way too much for him because of his last minute. Did uh, you go to game one? We went to game one. Okay. So Verlander was pitching against... In his rookie year. In his, in his rookie year against Anthony Reyes, who's okay. But Verlander loses the game. Yeah, Pujols hit a homer off him that first game. Yeah, and Roland, Scott Rowland did too. And, uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just... It was cool to be there and cool to be part of it because I'd never been to a World Series or anything like that before. Uh, but... Man, it was just such a downer. That trifecta brought to you by Jimmy John's. That downer note brought yeah. to you by Delicious yeah. Sandwiches. Sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. At Jimmy John's, they're freaks about fresh bread, meats, and veggies because that means better sandwiches for all. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy John's, freak yeah. Make sure that you uh, retweet us, comment, interact with us so we can get you some Jimmy John's sandwiches. Keep a lookout on those big rivalry games we talked about in the Record Eagle this week with Traverse City West and Traverse City Central facing off in multiple sports, Leland Kingsley and volleyball and such like that. So make sure you keep a lookout. And maybe if we left something notable out, let us know what we should be talking yeah. about on future episodes. Yeah. What topics you want to hear about. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to be starting a new, uh, a new segment, like an AMA coming here soon but it's gonna American Music Award ask me anything oh. it's like ask the get around guys anything you want we'll try to answer Q&A them. yeah so put your put your, put your questions in uh, we'll bank them up over the next few weeks we'll have a segment in the next coming weeks uh, but other than that make them readable on the air yeah please please or at least questions that we can answer on the air <laughs> you could have read them last week well no but without uh, further ado my name is Jake Adam for James Cook and Harrison Beebe. Thank you for listening to episode 92 of the Get Around, and we will see you next week.